Citizens of the Verse, today is May 9th, 2952, and welcome to another episode of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Mr. Belated 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 Birthday himself, Chekhov. Happy Belated oh. Belated Belated Birthday, Chekhov. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. And of course, what birthday party would be complete without the clown, Seagard Olsen? <laughs> Happy birthday to you. <laughs> That's very nice. That's, That's very believable. It's a, it's a few weeks, just like our last episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, so, That's right. Uh, belated episode, belated birthday. Let's just belate everything. Um, so... Uh, it's been a while. Uh, as always, apologies. It's mostly my fault. Um, That's but, life. Uh, yeah, what, uh, I guess, uh, gents, what have you been up to in the verse the past, you know, few weeks? Seagard, what have you been up to? I, you know, I, I did a little different. Um, I've been, I played a little bit in the PTU, which is pretty unusual for me. And um, that's very unusual. I, I normally don't do that for specific reasons i don't want to ruin it um so i did that and then as we transitioned to live i've been a ah, bunch of stuff i started by going up to microtech and experiencing the wind up there and that's where i set my base this time and then uh, started playing with uh boxes to kind of move essential goods onto my ship that i want to bring with me on every trip mm-hmm. uh, and then a lot of um what do you call it? Uh, I, I don't go. Some, I, cargo runs, but when I get to those locations, it's uh, basically I'm looking also for the loot boxes, right? Like Chekhov had showed me some of that, and now it's much more prevalent. So I've been doing a little bit of that. Um, played a little bit with mining. Um, flew the Hall A. Um, yeah, quite a, quite a bit of stuff. Awesome. I've been very active. That's great. What about you, Chekhov? You, uh, you didn't yeah, realize the patch was out last time I saw you. Right, right. But since I realized it was out, I was all in. Yeah, definitely exploring the patch. Uh, and um, a lot of mining because the rock mining is back, ROC. Mm-hmm. And it's great. It's back to what it was and probably better because now you can upgrade some components on the rock and, um, you know, just, uh, uh, I guess scanning probably even gotten better. Uh, mm-hmm. It's different now. You kind of have to uh, tune your scanning because the, well, that's true for everything now, for big rocks and, and the smaller rocks. You kind of have to, because it's active scanning, you have to change your angles now on the scanning uh, mm-hmm. because they, uh, literally, you know, everything scans, it's all around you, but then um, you have to narrow it to really see what, what the exact location of the rock is. So it's, it's a bit different than it was, especially in a halo. It's uh, 
when you go on the halo with the prospect, it's, it's really uh, more challenging to locate the rocks. Oh. You know, it's, it's a little different. But it's great. It's great. It's like a, a whole new game yet again because it's sort of where we're all, you know, bored and uh, offline. But now with with that that alone, the, did some bunker missions that were fun, you know, uh, with, with a bunch of guys. You know, looted some stuff. Uh, not too happy, I mean, about my holiday, but it's a different story. You know, I didn't want <laughs> it, but I got it anyway. Uh, oh, because it's a lonership, right? It's a lonership, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, otherwise, it's all good. I mean, it's a great batch. Oh, the clouds, the clouds at Hurston. Oh, my God. That's just such a cool effect right now. Yeah, I got rid of the clouds to run the patch more efficiently. So, yeah, and I also haven't been to Hurston since the patch launched. You have to see the clouds in Hurston. To me, that's like one of the most immersive things they've done. It's just you you literally, it feels like you're landing on the real plane, you know, as you're going through them. Hmm. I will have to check it out at some point. Um, after I find this damn river, I've been looking for the river for days. That's what I've been up to. I mean, I've only logged in twice since the patch went live, but I've been looking for that river, and I'm headed there as we speak. I picked a faster ship. I'm on a 400i this time, which, I mean, it's faster than the Carrick. I was using a Carrick. Shocker, everybody. Um, You'll find it. Didn't that anybody give coordinates? Yeah, I, I I know the supposed direction and distance. It's just I can't seem to get it. I think the last time I didn't go far enough. And then Hamar was trying to show me um, the location, and then he crashed and died. Hmm. So, you know. But right now I think I'm relatively close to it. We'll see. Oh, I think I am close to it. Let me see. I'm just looking at my location. Ooh, I think I'm very close. Send some pictures. I will once I arrive there. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, so in the verse, uh, finally, uh, we're we're a little bit we're about a week behind in terms of the content, but um, last week's content is a little bit more uh, technical anyway, so it's not a big deal. Uh, So we finally saw the return of ISC, uh, and Jared is now in Manchester, so he filmed from his apartment balcony, I believe. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, On that episode, we got a segment about wear and tear on both armor and weapons, and a lot of it's really about, um, you know, currently when you look at the system, you know, you'll collect effects from weather on your armor, but then your weapons don't match. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that up until what, well, until what they're working on, what they're working on, sorry, I hiccuped. Um, the, the wear and tear has been really dependent on each artist. So there hadn't been, you know, a lot of consistency. Um, but now they're making the, the wear and tear shader procedural. 
and they're going to have effects for all different things like grime and and dust and other debris, etc. Uh, which is exciting. Anytime they make something procedural, it makes it more likely to be, at the very least, easier to implement and more accurate in my mind. Uh, and then they also had a really nice sprint report. Uh, they showed off some MPC pathing where... Um, you know, in the future, NPCs won't clip through each other to get through smaller spaces. They'll actually walk through a, a gap in, in between each other and recognize that. They also showed NPC flight pathing being more realistic instead of uh, uh, unusual. And that's planet side, planet side specifically, um, as well as FPS logic to make um, NPC reactions more realistic and take into account who else is around. So if somebody's downed, all three people won't necessarily check the person. One might while the other covers and another person might be trying to find, uh, who's in the room. Uh, they also showed off an, a simple NPC loop of an NPC grabbing a drink, sitting down and then disposing of the garbage afterwards. Uh, we saw another white box test of derelict outposts, including potential traversal options. We saw a look at some interesting points of interest around pyro, including some sort of tease. Um, so it was a pretty extensive ISC, not necessarily the craziest, but it was it was interesting. Uh, any thoughts, uh, Seagard? I really liked that one. Um, it was very interesting to me. Um, you know, there's a lot of you know, the pathing and things like that around the AI were a big deal, obviously. Um, and there's also, you know, we get that Squadron 42 update. If you're a subscriber, mm -hmm. huge amount of information about uh, AI updates in there and how they're going beyond just like trying to open up, um, you know, they're trying to use the, the vending machine and they had the three different, you know, one guy used it perfectly the first time, the second guy got the wrong drink and a th third guy couldn't get a drink. So he starts beating on the machine. Oh, that was in the episode too. Yeah. Well, they go into more specifics in this short little newsletter mm -hmm. about um, squadron 42. So I kind of took it as a sign that there's, there's a focus on squadron on uh, AI. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was just kind of surprised by that. I'm going to go, while you talk to Chekhov, I'll go see if I can't find that update and just read off some mm. of this stuff. Unfortunately, sure. it's not going to get a lot out of me, considering I didn't watch it. Okay. <laughs> Did anything like, sound interesting to you, Chekhov, uh, about the episode? Hmm. I don't know. Not sure. Not really. I okay. wasn't too. Yeah. The vending machine was pretty cool. It was definitely yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, it, it looked interesting, and it showed like a frustrated NPC versus a not, you know, someone who was having no problems. Um, so, and then here, oh, here's that. Let me let me just say that here's that little article, and I'll just take a couple items. So, this is on the briefing about the Squadron Forty Two um, progress, and they have yeah. two sections. One is AI features, and one is AI tech. And the first one said they. Um, they finished up the animations for AI behavior around the um, vending machines and not only for men, but also for women. Uh, they talk about um, 
player takedowns, working on player takedowns, uh, aimed to present the Vandal as ferocious deadly killers. Uh, if a Vandal player knocks a player down that doesn't recover quickly enough, he gets killed with a dramatic execution-style animation. Um, uh, they've been blocked out, and then they've also been recorded in motion caption sessions. Um, they also made uh, progress on what they call cat-and-mouse gameplay with marauding Vandals. Uh, mm-hmm. The Vandal will patrol around, and if an AI, another AI or we make a noise, the Vandal will hear them and go in to investigate. Um, and that's you know that kind of ties in where they found the body, and they were showing how um, you know they find a dead body, and all three of them kind of cluster around that body and then spread out in like a defensive pattern. Uh, and then they showed also in the video. A single, you know, three players walking or three AI walking together, seeing a body. One guy goes forward, and the other two kind of go on alert. Um, yeah, you know, there's many ways to do it, right? And you know, um, so they're working through that both in in Star Citizen, but also in heavily in Squadron Forty Two, which means that they're making progress across both, right? Yeah, it's good for good for all of us. Um, See, they talked about, um, let's see, animation side, uh, females getting reworked, uh, female retargeting work was complete. They look at full featured p- pistol animation set using hand and arm overlays, um, uh, full body animations can be used. Okay. Um, then they said, uh, AI in AI tech now. Sorry, I'm going on, but this is actually, I think, probably interesting people. Um, they changed the AI tech adjustment be- and AI behaviors to allow ships to correctly quantum travel out of a planetary atmosphere. Basically, they were they were looking, they were ignoring the planet. They were thinking they were part of. Yeah. So they were just shooting off through the sides of the, the ground and either blowing up or going through or, you know, incorrectly. And they wouldn't take a route which required them to go to, let's say, an OM1 or to OM2 to get to a planet. Uh, so they've been fixing that type of behavior to make them work more like we do. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, they also worked on uh, how NPCs interact with movable entities like trolleys. They know they've got a problem and they're working on that. Uh, they wanted to integrate operators and trolleys themselves into a collision avoidance system. Um, basically, it lets the NPCs push and avoid other characters while pushing and avoid trolleys left throughout a level. Um, they did some work on the tool itself, it looks like. Um, yeah, and then the last two parts are really about the, um, the way they... They look at the animation and how they can drag and drop the different components or link them to make it, you know, faster for the designer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, AI pre-visibility. I don't know. Let's see. Zero G. Tra- oh, development of zero G transversal. Uh, improvements were made to that. Animations and social areas, uh, giving them giving it like more life. Uh, so this is like. They were saying like uh, the NPCs now might go up to the coffee, you know, the coffee stand 
interact with the guy, order a coffee or get some food and then take it back to his table or her table. And then when they get done, they'd walk over and dump the contents into the garbage. So mm-hmm. those are some of the, I thought were pretty cool and they hadn't mentioned in the video, but they tie in well. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> there's a wealth of updates in the monthly reports. If you, if you don't subscribe to them, I don't, think you have to be a subscriber to view the squadron run but you get to see it earlier than maybe that's what it is yeah yeah because it's a newsletter first and then they post it onto the site later on yeah yeah Um, it's it's pretty good i read it occasionally and probably every every other time and it's got some good stuff in there there's still i try to i try to read it but i skim real quick it's a lot to try and understand um, disseminate you know there's lots of videos about it too um cool um this past week um i don't have a lot to comment on this past week's isc because it was all about some of the tech tools that they're building in montreal which it just sounds cool but it wasn't it wasn't the type of episode that really captures my attention and i geek out about a lot of stuff clearly but Mm -hmm. Um, for some reason, it just wasn't wrapping my attention at the time. Um, did you catch last week's episode? I, yeah, I watched uh, uh, quite a bit of that one. Um, so the big thing that, you know, it's good to see that type of stuff because it, it's good to see that those guys are getting recognition for what they do. And, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they, and I know it's hard for everyone to get break away from what they're doing. Um, you know, so kudo for them and um uh what is his name i'm drawing a blank our host there jerry um jerry yeah why am i drawing a blank on him he's been around forever um uh, you know it, it's got to be tough to find these things but there was kind of the under thing for me is that if they're going to make you know there's a lot of money there's a lot of discussion about how this game will make money if everyone just buys a game package Will there ever be any other type of payment system? Will it be, you know, micro, you know, microtransactions, or will it be a, a kind of a, you know, monthly pay or payment you'll have to make? Um, these tools, to me, mean that they have the ability to train people mm-hmm. on the tool and the engine that it works with, and they can sell that as a item for big bucks to support further development. So I'm I'm happy to see that stuff being done as opposed to, you know, four artists sitting in a room just building one level and a bunch of things they pull in, right? Um, yeah, I I think it's I think it's pretty cool. So kudos to them, and yeah, it was it was an okay show. Kudos to them. Good. Yeah, and and you could see the Montreal team is working really hard. Oh it's, yeah, it's hard for me to conceptualize to a degree but it is really um complex stuff and what they the beauty of the fact that they have that team now they did mention this in the episode is that because of it they can like some of the other teams can focus on current state of the game while the montreal team's thinking about all right what's next what can we build to make the game move quicker be better be more efficient um, which is really interesting. I, I just had one more caveat. It just of popped course. in my mind. Isn't one of the 
isn't one of the things they posted during or promises they made during the funding campaign that there would be a modders guideline or a tool set? Uh, they definitely said that they would provide access to tools for modders. So, yeah, I mean, so that's, that's a, if you're a modder out there, that screams that exactly. So, um, by the way, I think I may have found the entrance to the river. Maybe, you maybe. you're upstream. Yeah. Now you got to find the maybe. other end. While well, you follow the river. <laughs> That's the easy part. I just got to find the, the top of it. I'm in the area where it's supposed to be. I just can't seem to find the actual river. I, I saw someone on a video the other day. I can't remember who it was. They showed the a most epic crash they've ever seen. And it was a uh, Aurora trying to fly along the river. And he touches and then immediately looks like rolls several times into the wood line and it just blows up. <laughs> it's oh, really awesome. It really looked awesome. Oh goodness. Is the uh, the old meter broken on all the ships? Uh, broken only sometimes. Oh. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. The other thing I have I'm having um, kind of unique I like the ramps and stuff are opening. I'll hmm. hit something like uh, move my throttle handle and the door, the ramp will open for some reason. And then if I lock it, it doesn't open anymore. If I go to hover mode, it'll open or it'll close. And it's just, it's bizarre. Uh, it's almost huh. like the random signals are going. Interesting. Yeah, but um, the lock does work, so. Um, so then last week we also had, or the other week we had an, a Star Citizen Live with uh, two folks from the Montreal studio, Fred and Pierre Luke, where they created a derelict outpost concept. Yeah. Um, you know, not much in terms of anything other than watching them create these cool things and... Um, getting to see an artist do something cool and giving them recognition, but it was still nice to see. Yeah, I, I thought the I, I would love to see like uh, I would love to see you know just like this is what your place is going to look like, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, Kiki, you have ordered your new habitat on this planet. This is what we're gonna. This is what it's going to look like. Preview. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Someday. I know. I know. Someday. Make great posters. They would make great posters, some of them. I mean, could you imagine when we're at that point, like how much user-generated content there will be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, excellent. So, and then this past week was all about um, some of the tech tools I or like Gen 12 when renderer stuff I actually didn't didn't get a chance to watch it so I, I haven't surmised it here as of yet. There's a little bit um, of that in the Squadron 42 newsletter, but yeah, basically they were talking about if you're if you're a, a video um, a graphics geek on how graphic cards process and things like that, um, that was actually pretty good because it does talk you know. What we've seen is only a portion of the graphic upgrade going to Vulcan. 
you're you're not seeing the whole thing yet. We're just seeing the first steps and the impact is, you know, I personally think it's, you know, significant um, in yeah. how it plays. I mean, I'm playing on a 2070 by NVIDIA and I'm playing at full graphics at 2K. So um, every option as high as I can get it and it's smooth. So I'm very impressed. Even on, um, I think I said this in the, when I was in the PTU, we had the show, um, you know, my frames in area 18 were like 36 frames per second. Yeah. So that's not even new technology. So if you've got a 30 or a 3080 or something, you're going to be sitting much higher than mine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have, um, I'm seeing pretty decent graphics so far. You're on a virtual machine, like, right? With the shadow yeah, box or, or, for, yeah. for now. Um, but you know, it's not too bad. It's been, been better than before. You might be benefiting from the networking work they did. Yeah, perhaps. Wow. From the ground, I can't tell where this thing is. I was like, maybe if I get out of my ship, I could see some difference in the terrain. Yeah. It's beautiful though. I have to say. Are you going to talk about, are you going to talk about the Invictus, uh, trailer? Uh, yes. Um, in just a moment, actually. Um, so, uh, this week, our Star Citizen Live is going to be all, uh, an entire episode dedicated to a sprint report. Um, so super exciting for that because super excited for that because those are almost like the best, um, Inside Star Citizens. And then the Star Citizen Live is, I forgot, but I'm going to pull it up right now. So um, give me one moment. It is going to be, I bet you it's unannounced. (laughs) Um, (coughs) Where is it? Oh, here we go. Um, Yeah, it's not announced yet. That's why I didn't remember. Um, And then we'll also have a roadmap uh, roundup this week as well and the squadron 42 monthly report will show up as a com link instead of um instead of just a newsletter subscription okay cool so that's uh, that's this week um we did get a quick glance at invictus launch week which is 10 about 10 days away now uh the end of may so super exciting it's going to be held at orison and the convention center looks to be quite unique. I think, if I'm not mistaken, from what I've seen so far, it looks like it's outdoors, sort of like the um, the ship hall for uh, Crusader. But I'm not 100% sure based on the what I've seen so far. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff. We'll we'll see the Bengal carrier, I think, again, and then we'll also get a javelin tour again. I think that's why they prepped the. Um, the docking collars for August Dunlow um, was for really this this event, but uh, well, yeah, be interesting to see a a destroyer in atmosphere. Yeah, well, I mean, here's what's this is why I find it so funny is because supposedly the reason why this is such a great shipyard is because the gravity's lower. So it's like, but why is it so hard to get out of Atmo there? <laughs> <laughs> that still baffles my mind. 
<laughs> is it the drag? Yeah. Is that their logic? I do not know. I don't either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything you hope to see from the event? I have some rumblings that we I can talk about. But anyone want to? Yeah. Anyone have um, anything they want to bring up? So I definitely um, I love the the uh, the video. Um, there's mm-hmm. definitely a was what's the new fighter? The uh, X-wing fighter. Oh, the Scorpius. Scorpius is definitely visible in the last yep. scene flying. Um, you're seeing it from behind and far away, but that's still good. Yep. Um, I expect we're going to see, I heard, um, someone else's podcast was, was it, it was actually, um, oh, uh, board gamer was mentioning that there was four ships in the pipeline. One of which is in final, final detailing, uh, currently. Mm-hmm. Two which are new and in, or one which is new and in has completed its art phase, and then two that are a finished gray box, final gray box, and they're going into art. I think, and he and none of those have been announced in the past. Yeah. So I don't know I how mean, many of those are military. Right. Word on the street is that we're getting a direct. Uh, Drivable or fly a floatable, I don't know, Drake ground vehicle. The mule? Yeah, the mule. Right. Uh, and also potentially an anvil concept. Uh, oh, heard, well, that's one yeah. of the ones I heard. I well, I think I, I I think the Corsair will come out. I think it'll be another Drake ship that comes out. This time, and it'll be in the Drake Hall. Uh, I mean, that thing's been out there for a while. They showed us numerous highlights. Uh, I think it. Just oh, you has think it's going to release early? I think, yeah, I think it's going to be available there and to see. Isn't it on the there. roadmap though? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, production said May fifth. But if I'm not wrong. I, I, I'm probably wrong because I was just really feeling like it would be ready. But it, there was no hard fact. Um, what was the talk about the Nautilus? The, they were using a Nautilus for a placeholder? Yeah. Um, that's, that's for the anvil concept that they're saying. Hang on one second. Yeah. Well, talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> my mm, cat's yeah. attacking my door. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not sure as to say think Scorpius is going to be announced, right? Uh, I think it's, well, it's a military sale, right? Yeah. yeah it's an RSI ship, and it's shown flying in the video. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I think that's going to be out. Is that a uh, heavy fighter? That's a heavy fighter, two-seater. Yeah. And, I, you know, I you know when I heard... Yeah, the day they have a folder or a placeholder that's named after Nautilus for a ship. Um, I personally think the Nautilus would be a ship they could deploy. Uh, right? It's uh, we already know what it looks like. Uh, it doesn't, you know, it has a mine laying capability, but it's really can function similar to a hammerhead initially. Yeah, yeah, right. it is. Right. That is true. Yeah, correct. Did Did you hear that about the Nautilus? That uh, 
That was only my that other... it's similar to uh, Hammerhead at this point. Yeah, it's in that in that we already you know they've had posters out. I've got posters on my wall, the front and back of the ship. The you yeah. know the artwork was well over a year ago. Um, yeah, and and conceptually, it's not a it's a good size ship, but it's not any bigger than a Hammerhead, and it doesn't have anything with the exception of the mine lay equipment on the ship that's unique at this point that we know of. I could see that being very reasonably deployed as and using it as a gunship with, you know, some cargo oh, yeah. capability, I'm sure. But it would be like a different type of hammerhead, basically. Yeah. I mean, because it's got the big cannons. Right. I think, because it's a, it sort of, it's like a, like the Perseus, you know, they have the same right. size cannon in the front. It's just the Perseus has what, two? Uh, it has turrets instead, and it's versus, It's like a um, ship-to-ship yeah. gunship versus the hammerhead, which is ship-to-fighter kind of defensive. Yeah. yeah. My guess is the reason the Nautilus is there is for the size of the of the vehicle. Like, maybe this is the first big anvil ship we're going to see besides the Carrick. Yeah, it could be. Well, in the Liberator. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I just think we're going to, I think we're going to see some stuff. Um, well, and, really... and with it, I mean, the other exciting thing is the dynamic event that's in um, uh, Evocati right now. Yeah, talk about that because close. I have. What is that about? I, I you've mentioned it, but I didn't really follow what it was about. Yeah, so it's another Nine Tails oriented event, and what's happening? You know the concept thing that they've been doing. They've been showing us the concepts of like inside offices and some of the platforms. Correct. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is what it's for. For. So, so like a gunfight inside the building. Yeah, it's an mm-hmm. FPS event, ground based. It takes place over the course of five or over the the distance of five different platforms oh, and it's supposed okay. to be pretty in depth. A couple interesting things about it. One, I think they have sort of like garages that you can unlock and drive vehicles on the platforms. Cause the platforms are so big to get from point A to point B on each platform. Uh, two, they have shuttles that you can actually that use the elevator sort of tech to take you to platforms that you specify. And if you think back a while back, that was a thing like um, the the revamped elevator system right. or locomotion system that they never really talked about anymore. And I think this is part of it. So you could get on a platform, go to a particular spot and then go there and and do these missions. Outside of that, I don't know much more about them. I do know that the nine tails have a new look. Oh. Um that's basically they have a new look. Yeah, like their uniforms actually have like one outfit look like kind of like a leather jacket with a nine and a snake going through it. Oh, mm. cool, cool. And then they wear like a their symbol is more like a it looks like a nine made out of boxes, and it's like a purpley shining thing. So a lot of people have like masks that have that on it, that motif, and there's spray paint with that motif on it. Mm-hmm. So I bet you this is going to be one, just a really exciting FPS mission, which I will gladly volunteer to play med officer on. Uh, And then two, I bet you the loot is going to be off the hook. 
And they're tied to pirate. Yeah, you're probably right because the loot boxes are great now. Uh, and and they're tied to Pyro, right? They're one of the no groups. Nine Tails control Grimhex. No way. Yeah, that's yeah, who controls yeah. Grimhex. I did not know that. I thought they yeah. were from coming from Pyro and out. They seem no, like that's Wuss Xenothrat. Grimhex. No, that's Xenothrat. That's uh, uh, what are they called? Fire rats or whatever, and a few oh, others. Okay. But but Nine Tails is Stanton based. They're a smaller gang. Oh man. Yeah, so and and from what you've what I've seen from the leaks, the platforms are very detailed. Like there's restaurant scenes that you're fighting in, there's bars, there's everything. So all it gives me is hope for what our locations could potentially look like in the future. That would be very cool. Um any any other thoughts, hopes, wishes, dreams, demands we're looking for out of the next either either the dynamic event itself or um, you know, one C, a one SCU loot box or a box. <laughs> don't they have those though? <laughs> you have to create them. They don't. They have like a. No, like, they sell boxes, but they're not one SCU. Oh, so they oh, they're smaller. Like where they, you put a helmet in it, it's full. Oh, <laughs> four apples and a, and a broomstick, and it's done. <laughs> they're they're great though. Don't get me wrong, because I'm using them to brew food and ammo around. So. But the one SCU would be great. Yeah. <clears throat> That's significant amount of storage. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more, I guess. You're right. Um, very cool. So why don't we dip into our other content here? Um, so um, the other week we did also have some minor changes to the roadmap. We haven't seen anything significant as of yet. Um uh, so this is as of the 27th. We'll see one uh, on Wednesday as well. Uh, the progress tracker, it says with this publish, we're adding additional Q2 2022 deliverables for downstream teams. This comes alongside a few important changes to some of these teams. The vehicle tech team. We've transitioned work on Arena Commander, Star Marine, and Theaters of War from Fire Sprite to the internal vehicle tech team. This team is now named the Arena Commander Feature Team and will have additional deliverables added to their schedule as time goes on. Then we have Vehicle Feature and Vehicle Experience. With this published, the Vehicle Experience Team is merging with the Vehicle Feature Team, including all of their deliverables. The reason for this is twofold. First, this allows for greater streamlining of production for these two teams. Second, the Vehicle Feature Team is now having its feature direction driven by Squadron 42's requirements. Deliverables worked on by this newly merged team will now follow a similar cadence to the core gameplay pillar in that features will be made for Squadron 42 first uh, before then being ported to the Persistent Universe. Uh, UI feature team. Similar to the above, the UI feature team has been renamed the Squadron 42 UI feature team. This team now falls under the core gameplay pillar and will also follow a similar cadence as outlined for the vehicle feature team. Uh, the following deliverables have also been added to the progress tracker. Uh, AR and map marker system rework. Rework of the AR and map marker systems to work with building blocks. This deliverable has been added to the Squadron 42 UI feature team schedule. Doors, airlocks, light panels UI. Creating new interfaces for door panels, airlocks, and light panels using building blocks. 
This deliverable has been added to the Squadron 42 UI feature team schedule. Moby Glass rework. Reworking the Moby Glass system to use building blocks, which also will allow for easier development of Moby Glass apps. This deliverable has been added to Squadron 42 UI feature team schedule. And then visor lens rework, converting the visor and lens system to building blocks for improved performance and flexibility. This deliverable has been added to the Squadron 42 UI feature team schedule. Um, anything come as surprising to you guys? Anything sound exciting? Um, uh, well, I think that, you know, we've seen some of the changes already in the the way the ground combat works now. They've already, you know, these teams have already made some, you know, differences already. Um, kind of glad to hear that they're, 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 the other thing I think I heard was that they're, it may have been from one of their videos. They said that they were kind of like a matrix support in the past and they would just get tagged to go do something and they'd go have to go figure it out and now their duties are going to be a little bit more assigned than just ad hoc Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they get rid of their old jobs but it does mean it's a more permanent like task they have to do which team is this specifically this was on the uh you have the vehicle feature team Uh and then you have the um what's the other team the ground uh the vehicle Game. tech team, which is now Arena Commander. Yeah, that. Yeah, both of those teams. They were kind of, um, you know, part-time developer, part-time QA, part-time this, and they didn't really, they didn't really have any fixed, fixed sense of what to work on. It was kind of like, do what you can with the time you've got. Now they're going to be given the time and, yeah, <clears throat> given some specific areas to focus on. So. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, too, because it's really just they're just following suit with everything else. I'm not even remotely surprised that they're integrating everything into Squadron 42. Um, I'm fairly excited about the UI stuff because, I mean, I thought the Moby Glass was going to be ported to building blocks by now. They've been talking about it forever. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, something you just said uh strike or just caught my attention you said that everything they're doing in star citizen they're rolling in the squadron 42 Mm -hmm. it's actually the other way around squadron 42 drives what will be done yes yes exactly but that's uh, that's what i'm saying is like teams that were allocated to star citizen are continuing to roll into squadron 42's development and maybe it's just the renaming that's finally taking place yeah but um the emphasis is there which which I think is just fine as long as as we still see a good amount of features get implemented into the game. Yeah. And they've done, you know, they, they were responsible for, uh, like, uh, driving the vehicles. Remember, it used to be, like, uh, the vehicles were almost uncontrollable when you got mm-hmm. them at certain speeds. The grab vehicles, right? You couldn't yeah. even get them in the ve- you, you couldn't even fly them into the back of a Drake or anything, Drake uh, Black. Now that's yeah. been kind of addressed. There was also the motion of the vehicle causing the the view to kind of move side to side. And it was a little too much at first. Yeah. And it was almost nauseous building. And now they've kind of dampened that down. Um, yeah. I think they also reduced the, the breathing motion. Yeah. Reduced to that. And the head, yeah, the head movement from violent shocks, right? Um, now, um, question for you. 
Do you think this change from Fire Sprite no longer doing any of the Arena Commander or Theaters of War, do you think that's a good sign or a bad sign? I am neutral because um, we did this on the original Arena Commander. A group was developing it and it was never really sure what happened, but it just stopped and, you know, C- CG, or, yeah, CIG took it back over again. That was with Star Marine too, remember? Yeah, Star Marine exactly. came out way later than anticipated and yeah, been but, promised and promised. And once they started, it, it got out. Right. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if it's you know I don't know if it's contractual or they've done the core work and now someone else is going to work on it. I don't know. Um, it could have been the tools, right? It could have been testing tools. Yeah. Uh, some of I our guys just... did play this weekend in Starbrain, and they said it's better. They said it's I mean, pretty I fun. Played him forever because it would frustrate me. Yeah, but they, they, you know, I also yeah. have this rig that's not ideal for it. Right. Right. I'm not even sure if anybody's waiting for theaters to work. This I'm looking forward to it, to be honest, because I want that mixed mode combat. Um, even just for practice, even just to practice. The only downside is it's PVE, um, so they don't have a PvP version of it. Yeah, it'll be like a, I don't know. Unless they do something special, be like a glorified bunker mission. Oh wait, it's, is it PVE? Where is it PVP? It's supposed to be PVP. It's capture the flag. Oh, it is PVP. That's right. That's right. It is PVP. I'm a liar. Why do I think it's PVE? The concept was to see to help with weapons balancing and play balancing, yeah. so people might daisy chain certain capabilities together to create yeah. a super. Yeah. Exactly. Put everyone in the back of the dropship, and we're just going to shoot out the back rank and kill everybody. You know, well, you notice that things. you notice that's the vehicle tech team's responsibility now. Notice how it's the vehicle tech team, not fire really? sprite. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. why is that? That that just sounds like because it is the test bed, because they are the test bed right. for those things. They're moving to the team that that benefits the most from the testing. I always laugh. I mean, to me, balancing of weapons is. It's funny because I can remember as a young lieutenant sitting there trying to study the, you know, the range of the Sagger missile and then the tow missile and the gun on the T-62 versus a T-55. And, you know, this 25-year-old or 24-year-old guy sitting in Germany memorizing all these things, thinking I could remember them in the heat of the moment. And this Mm. NCO walks by, Badger and Hamer, I love this. He just walks by and... Got a cup of coffee. He goes, what you doing, sir? I'm learning weapon ranges. He goes, I was always taught if you were thinking about shooting them, they were thinking about shooting you. It's like, pretty good, pretty good logic. <laughs> I got rid of all the cards. <laughs> it was like, you know, generally if, you, if they got a rifle and you got a rifle, you could probably kill each other. <laughs> right? It's... It's or the reality can't. of, or you can't, right? <laughs> Armor can stop you from that, right? So it's, it really is, uh, you know, if armor works on one one item, it probably should work on all of them. Uh, uh, but uh, I just always think it's funny how much effort we put into balancing. Yeah. Well, it's to create fun. Still, <clears throat> it you is. Know what I mean, it's that different really in is. real life. <laughs> no one's yeah. going to go, hey, that's not fair. Oh, He's yeah. got a noob tube. It's more going to be right. Yeah. Usually, Someone's the first, us. 
the first the first thing you always hear is holy crap this stuff is heavy <laughs> you carry two canteens a, just your harness your battle or your vest your helmet and a rifle and you know that's already you know 40 or 50 pounds <laughs> the first time you try to do any type of little sprint you're like oh just shoot me i'm dying <laughs> You just, it's, you feel so inadequate because it's so heavy. So yeah. I always laugh when we got eight weapons on our back. Real life is anytime you have a weapon on your back and you bend over, the thing slides forward, and smacks you right in the back <laughs> of the head. It's like a girl's yeah. purse falling off her arm. So, but that's what these developers get to figure out. So, yeah. Well, the moment they start worrying about the head smacking, um, animations, that's when I'm going to be like, all right, I think the scope's getting a bit too realistic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can exactly. we get science? <laughs> <laughs> like right now, I'm still I'm still on this quest. Like I know the river is in this plane of... <laughs> I, of, I thought uh, you were at the head of the river already. No, I'm at the place where it should be starting, but I don't know where in this... Because what happens is it's it's 440 clicks out from from uh, new not new babbage um yeah new babbage um and but the rule of thumb is it's this giant patch of green well i'm in the giant patch of green but i can't find a river in here and you can't find a reflection of any kind no every time i go towards what i think looks river like it ends up being just a snowdrift so I'm literally flying around the edge of the green patch until I find the river. And it's a big green patch. Right. I still haven't found a big big enough cave to drive into. I, I yeah. You know. Oh, no? No. I mean, we've been in one, I think, together, all of us. And uh, I think you I guys have been in a couple one. more, but I, I have no idea where the, where the mines are or the caves I are. I don't know how to find any of that. I'm, I'm a bad head of science or oh, I guess I'm not a head of science anymore. <laughs> head of a science work. <laughs> yeah, we That's found bad. a bunch of caves that we flew inside and there was like three or four. I think, well, what was the largest ship we flew into the cave? I think I want to say like 600. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. We found some really large caves and we actually uh, uh, found them like on the side of the mountain that was probably the largest cave yeah. that I remember finding. I yeah, looked that makes, for a long time on, on uh, I guess it was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, you know what yeah. it is? They didn't really make it interesting. That's why there was nothing in there. We, we couldn't mine. We couldn't do anything. I mean, if there was something to do there, I would certainly go look for more caves. I well, now maybe work. maybe there is now, but yeah, you know something. Maybe you're absolutely right because I still say there's a reason for RDS. You know, to be able Absolutely. to get to some of these places and spaces where you normally can't, and it should be logistically, it should be in the in the cave. And maybe it's time yeah. to explore the caves again. I'm up maybe. for that. I've always wanted to use my DS. I can never get a chance to. Yeah. Yeah. It carries. I more. forgot. I am going to be honest because I got rid of mine. I completely forgot it existed. Oh, yeah, I, I got rid of mine, too, because there was no use for it. Not me. There's always a use for it. I mean, it's got three times they, the cargo. Yeah, but if they enclosed the... If they enclosed the arm also, then it would make a ton of sense. 
but to enclose the driver, I guess if you put someone in a suit, I don't know. It just doesn't. It it's uh, it's awkward. It's not the yeah. best idea. Yeah, but I can see why it could be used to reach things that you can't. Yeah, it does have good reach, cave, did, right? Yeah, it did have good reach, and that maybe maybe that's the idea long term. Well, we also don't know if you could potentially in the future use the rock to sample where you might find a bigger mining vein. I could see that being really interesting is if it's not about actually collecting, but sampling and, and seeing if it's a, it's the right kind of mineral to set up shop, you know? Yeah. Um, so we got quite a few um, submissions from folks on the tips and tricks front. Um, oh, just realized I didn't actually put the person's name in here. Hang on one second. I have yeah, the whole content. New, it's a new patch. I'm sure we're getting some tips. Well, while you're looking for it, I have a quick tip also. It's a minor one, but I think it could be pretty useful. So you know how it takes a really long time to sell the loot items mm-hmm. uh, one at a time? Well, there's another way to sell uh, specifically all those fruits and veggies that you collect and some other trinkets like computer boards, you can actually sell them at the admin office at the regular cell terminal, not in the stores where they buy items normally. And that's a much quicker sell. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could could sell them. Yeah, you could do it in bulk. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's good to know. Um, This tip, uh, it's sort of something we've alluded to already, but, you know, this was before we recorded, uh, is Captain Karen, and he said, edit, this is all in the PU now, that 317 is live. So as you can see, he submitted it when it was still in the PTU. We're back in business, baby. Rock mining mm-hmm. is back. Quick oh, yeah. tip for everyone. I've had mixed success with scanning. Sometimes I can pick up clusters of gems. So um, from as far out as four kilometers, but tried and tested. The best way for the most spawns is to take it slow and fly low as low as you can possibly get comfortably that way some of them literally just pop out of nowhere for you and i found those ones are the ones that tend to be larger clusters of rocks so short of take your time fly low and slow to get the best from your scans my other tip is um unfortunately this patch hasn't solved a bug from the last Sometimes you return to base, sell your Hadnite. Honestly, don't bother picking up the other two. Go Hadnite or go home. When you land on your pad in your Nomad, Cutlass, Freelancer, other chosen hauler, you might find when you get to the terminal, the rock isn't registering. No, it is. To prevent wasted time and energy, get into the habit of taking the rock out of the hold when you land and park it on the pad with your ship. You should be able to select it from the terminal to sell from. Well, we proved that theory a couple of things. I know this almost sounds like it's from 316 because it definitely registers. We've proved it. We did it specifically to make sure that it does, and it does. You do not need to take the rock out anymore. Uh, I believe it was in the Nomad. It was 100%. It was fine. Yeah. So, uh, um, and yeah, and it sounds like the scanning, too. Uh, flying low and slow 
was exactly what you wanted to do in the last patch. Um, this patch, you should be able to scan them further out, as I said, if you narrow your beam. So it's a different technique that you have to use. Yeah. Different technique. Uh, he also said, this part isn't a tip so much, but I've so far had success with selling my hand night and then bed logging in my ship whilst on the pad, albeit occasionally when I log back in, my landing gear has been retracted. So you wake up slightly wonky. Other than that, it's all good and ready to get straight back out to mining again. I hope, like me, Chekhov is a very happy boy. Oh, one more, sorry. When you're out mining in your rock, remember to equip your backpack. When you fill up the rock, you can put overflow in your backpack. I filled up my backpack, which wasn't empty to start with, and made an extra 20k off of Had Night, literally just with my backpack. That's not to be scoffed at. In one evening, I made 446 Alpha UEC in just under three hours. Not a bad night's work at all. I would say not, <laughs> Captain Kieran. That's good. <laughs> I'm excited. I, I haven't rock mined in a while. I might might pick that up. Um, maybe not tonight because it's already starting to get later, but another night for sure. Um, Mark three generic says you can also buy a one eighth SCU container now at certain shops and cargo decks that allows for a ridiculous amount of gems to be kept in a ship. Uh, Mr. Tukey two D said you can beg log at crash derelicts to reset the subscriber and gold loot boxes. Uh, question though, does that ruin the effect and goal? <laughs> um, perhaps Tukey, but it's still a good little tricky poo. Uh, any other tips and tricks? Uh, oh. go ahead. I'll do mine after you. Go ahead. No, no. The only issue with the uh, and again, I hope I'm proven wrong, but from what I understand, the backpack is still problematic because you have to transfer one shard at a time. So uh, it takes quite a while to transfer them into your backpack. And that's why it was not a really a good solution. Well, can't but, you stack them though? No, you can't. It's like what you're seeing is you see them in your, just like you move your items over. Uh, they're yeah. not, they, they were in 316, they were not stackable. And I heard, that did not change for 317. But again, I did, we did not prove that. I didn't try it myself, so I don't know. I haven't been able to stack them. I've been trying. You have not, right? No, they will auto stack in some conditions. Like I'll have, if I buy 11 bottles of water, they'll stay 11 bottles. Yeah. And that'll have to divide them manually, but I can't recombine them. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll have to see. Hopefully someday we can get a move all button or something. So um, I think this some of this is going to definitely overlap uh, for tips and tricks that what Yuri just said. So um, I've been using the hull a little bit, to, you know, lately. And if you go to the normal... For those cargo, who don't know, Yuri's Chekhov. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, Chekhov. It used to be Yuri, Yuri in the Yeah, game. I go... Yuri's Chekhov. I've, I've switched my names often. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it kind of ties to what Chekhov was saying. In that, 
uh, as I got to the ground stations, uh, just to pick up cargo, I did find the loot, like Chekhov had told me about, um, and I was able to download them into the um, the local facility, right? Take them out of the box, put them into the, the what's that, what's it called, the little tab? It's uh, the uh, local? Local, yeah, local inventory. Yeah, put it in local. Um and then I was able to go back out to my ship and then just drag those over. It, it, um, and so I could be parked quite a ways away, and I was still able to, to access those and drag those over. Um, you can't pull them from the loot box into your ship, but you can take them out and then load them into your ship. And I actually made quite a bit of money doing that. Um, I also saw uh, someone using the old technique. technique it was Captain Burke. Uh, not Captain Burke's. Um, the, uh, can't think of his name. Anyway, another podcaster talking about making a one SCU box. Basically, you go out, put something bigger than the normal size, like two backpacks from the mining outfit will work perfectly. Put them on your ship, kill yourself, go back, wake up in the station, go out with another ship, blow up your ship, and you'll leave, it'll leave a one SCU cargo container. And then that you can actually move with a tractor beam into the bunkers and loot everything. Just so you know, we do not on this podcast advocate for suicide. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Only right. in game. Only right. in game. <laughs> <laughs> Only in game. Yeah, that's the word I use probably. I'm sure. So, uh, but that, I thought that was a pretty good trick. What was really good about it was that the box was now permanent in your ship. You could take it in and out of your ship, but it would stay there if you parked your ship and docked it and had it, you know, hmm. put away in the storage. Yeah, you pretty much only lose it if your ship explodes, right? Correct. Correct. So and it's a huge box. I mean it's you know it's the same ones you use in your cargo pickups. I um, bet it is. The last one is this may not apply to everybody, but if, if you're like me and I've seen a few people have this happen you'll be flying along and all of a sudden your cargo doors will just open up for some reason or mm -hmm. your landing gear will come up. Well, on the cargo doors, I kept having this problem with the ramps coming down as I walk away from my ship or whatever. Uh, I found that if I actually lock the door from it, you know, lock the ramps and everything, just use the lock all and unlock all button. It doesn't open anymore until you unlock it. No, that's good. Yeah. I haven't noticed any of my, exteriors opening on their own volition. Uh, so maybe that's a joystick thing. Well, I, it might be, but I've cleared all my settings and I've seen other people have it too. So it's, it's mm -hmm. weird, but it, it could be a joystick thing. Well, here I go again, another fruitless attempt at finding a river. And <clears throat> now it's nightfall on microtech. <clears throat> oh, you'll have better luck now. Now, <laughs> now that we're giving uh, tips on the, uh, Mining, you know, gadgets are a must. If you, especially if you're heading down to Lyria and the Prospector, uh, because now you can actually take care of those eight thousand mask rocks all on your own. You don't even need help because if you put the right gadget on it, you can actually do it on your own, which is kind of nice. And the little uh, tip, compliments of Flavius. Because the box missions are back. So if you find the big cluster of, of rocks, 
that uh, you can't take back. So you can crack one of two. Well, you, you, you pick up a box mission at Bijini Point. Then you put the box on your prospector. Then you take the uh, prospector down and start. You, you actually take the mission on Bijini. Physically, you pick up uh, the box on Lyria. Then you yeah. start searching for your rocks. You find a nice cluster and uh, can't take it all. Just take out the box, leave the box there. That's your marker. Go ahead and break up the rock that you want to break up. Scoop that up. Go back, sell it. Now you could return because your marker is there, your box is there, right back to that cluster and continue cracking more rocks. So that's kind of a... Between the gadgets and using the box missions in an intelligent way, the mining game could be very lucrative even with a prospector now where before we needed something like a mole because if you had a big cluster with a prospector you were done you crack one rock and you know you scoop up some of it and then you 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 finish it the rest goes to waste unless there's a body that's doing it with you but now you can actually do it solo man they need to give us little they need to give us little temporary markers and then you could make a hacking skill that allows you to hack, have them encrypted, and then the hacker could come in and find all these markers and unencrypt them, and then go yeah. to those sites. That would be cool. Yeah, that could be a nice, interesting, like a little data play, right, with with yeah. mining. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. Um, I do not have any tips and tricks except, you know. Can somebody tell me how to get to this stupid river? <laughs> I don't know. Should we take a commercial break for Anchor? Did they, did they recognize us yet? No, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> no commercial breaks yet. <laughs> um, but that does bring us time for... <clears throat> It's time for science um, where, you know, we test out stuff in the game. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the details again. You guys probably know at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, first submission is from Tuki2D. He says, if your cutlass ramp won't open and you're in low gravity, hope is not lost. You can jump from your front side bumpers onto the top of your ship and then from your engines onto the side doors. Tested and a fun little jumping oh, puzzle. Nice. I remember we did that. Remember during Jump Town, where you, I, I was on the wing and you yes. got me glad to jump into the cutlass. Yes. That was fun. It too. was fun. It was fun. Um, and then, second is kind of a repeat, but in a different space, just because he's so happy. Captain Karen said, Comrade Chekhov, happy uh -huh. birthday. As a birthday uh, treat, I have the rebirth of rock mining. I was out yes. quantity mining today when I discovered I was picking up gems from, from four kilometers away. Rock mining is back, baby. I will report with some findings once I get the rock out for a few sweeps. Yeah, I know. I'm just as excited as you are. Trust me, I was so happy to see that. I can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anything for science? Seaguard or... I'm going to pass one on that was uh, someone told me. It was actually Badger and Hamar. I think actually uh, Skyguard also. Uh, so I was having a problem calling ATC. 
and I couldn't find the beacon and I hit the button again and it would say you've already been issued and try it from the menu and finally it would give me another um, another assignment and I would see the beacon I'd go to land and it would reclaim my ship because I was blocking an active pass or a mm-hmm. passageway um, so after doing that two or three times <laughs> it sucked uh, these guys said hey well just hit your button your button once and just wait and uh, and I found that that has fixed 90% of my problems with docking and landing it just takes time sometimes. So don't be shocked if it takes 30 seconds or 40 seconds. So then you okay. should have nice clean landings with no repossession of your ship and goods or having to claim your goods, by the way. You lose all your goods when you have to claim your ship, obviously. So. Okay, great. What about you, Chekhov? Anything for science? Well, one of the most important updates and features, just in case... Somebody was not listening or or a newbie and they were not aware. There's a key bind to call for landing. So I want to make sure everybody knows that you can find it, you can bind it, and it works great. You tap it and here it comes. You don't have to open up the Moby glass. It's, it's a wonderful feature. Now, the other one, actually, I'm going to give someone a plug. It's not my for science. But it's so cool, it's definitely worth going out there. And hopefully this YouTuber may join us someday on our podcast. It's Captain Burks. And mm-hmm. you have to go find this video that he put on 60, 60 gadgets on a rock. Yeah. And funny stack. as hell. <laughs> Looks like yeah. a freaking kiss Christmas tree. And he blows up oh. the rock because they're stackable. <laughs> <laughs> How I don't know what that's even supposed to mean. Well, you know, the because what happens is that each one of them is stackable in its effect. So he stacked sixty of them. That Two. means they basically yeah. destroy the rock just with the sixty gadgets. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're literally taking something you would use like a uh, prospector with, and they're putting 61 gadgets on it and then using like a rock BS to break it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. They do the next one. They do something as big. I think it was 2000, and they broke that with 12 gadgets, and they used a hand hand miner, hand mine laser. (laughs) Because it reduces. Right, exactly. It reduces oh, the rock to of, nothing. Yeah. Oh, right. I didn't. I was thinking of gadgets. Like I was still thinking of the um, the attachments to the lasers, and I'm like, I didn't think. That no, was no, no, no. Yeah, and the mining I'm gadgets they actually that, put yeah. on a rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is oh, funny. Wow. It, it is. It is a hoot. It is a hoot to watch them do. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that brings us up to our science stuff uh next up is seagard so so this one's from a while back now um, <laughs> this is uh, from patch 315 or 316 no, when they no, open no. up the the p the pu for version one what ship would you like to fly first <laughs> 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 um 
It's actually Seaguard asked, would you like to see a solar sailing ship in game? What uses could you see for the ship? What advantages and disadvantages do you imagine? Uh, so Kazam says, it would be good for exploration as a range extender, but I don't see that it could be a viable option for completely replacing the conventional fuels, much like solar in real life. There will be times when you are in deep space and far from sunlight. Uh, but for sol smaller solar systems that put you passing the star more often during commerce runs or something of the same ilk, it would be awesome and CIG can make it beautiful. Uh, and then uh, Milkshake Actual said, for a long-range expedition where you don't mind going slow and smooth with plenty of opportunity for data gathering, uh, pretty damn good. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother unless you could possibly use it to cruise into high monitored area, a high monitored area. Uh, Canuck, uh, a man who spares no um, uh, feelings, says no. Simply put, uh, such a ship would require additional propulsion mechanics, and for such a niche ship, CIG can't justify the delay it would cause. Uh, Duke Nukem said, I think it would be neat to see on a large-scale ship, perhaps as an NPC ship that comes to town at special events, maybe even board it similar to what they did with the Javelin. However, I believe it would be too far uh, would be too, far too delicate for use by players if CIG continues their quest to make the most realistic space simulator ever. Uh, Boris Kraken said, no, unless it was a new alien tech. Skyguard said, I could see it as a pirate ship or for people who live on the frontier a kind of home-built mod for their ships to make their quantum drive very efficient. However, it's very delicate. If you don't take it in before entering a gas cloud and or atmosphere, it'd be torn to pieces. Same thing for ship combat. On the other hand, you could deploy it after you entered quantum travel and flying through open space. Silver Avalk says, um, have to agree with Canuck. It'd be very cool to see what CIG can do with it visually, but not at the cost of current development. Maybe much further down the line, but just imagine standing at Port Alasar and this stately sailing vessel glides past with a crusader in the background. Earth said, I'd love it. They could make pretty much a zero signature ship while sailing, making it almost immune to detection by either pirate ships or the police. Great for smuggling illegals or transporting very expensive cargo. The downside, of course, is time and there need to be enough quote unquote sailing mechanics to give you things to do while traveling. A second propulsion system might be needed to enter, enter and exit atmosphere, but it would be a good point of detection risk. Oh, I'm starting to, there's a lot here. Admiral Cody said, I'd love to see a solar sail module for the Endeavor. Of course he would. Um, Snorkel said, I'd like to see a tiny personal solar sail you could deploy after you've exhausted your EVA fuel and then can slowly sail back to safety, similar to the survival Mylar blankets, but for space travel. Also in this vein, I'd love to see solar chargers that we can deploy to recharge our suits if we can't get back to our shipper outpost. Interesting. Are you losing my mind? Said, I think solar sailing ship would be an awesome addition for a niche ship, but I think it would need to be approached way differently than our ships have to be a ship that requires so much attention to fly that flying is flying it is the end game it would need to be oops i just kicked my cat in the face apparently um it would need to 
Sorry. <laughs> it would need to be an open. I did it with my heel. I didn't even notice it was there. It'd have to be an open concept floor plan with lots of windows. I'm thinking 400 I in size with only one large, large room. Maybe a bathroom that's private. That's all. And a total glass canopy. So it feels like you're on a sailing vessel with individual controls for control surfaces of each of the solar set. This is very detailed. Each of the solar sails, you would need to adjust the size of the sail to adjust your speed. And such adjustments would take time to implement as the sail folds and unfolds. Turning would be a matter of adjusting one sail or another larger than the others and would need to be done manually. You would need time um, for steering in order to keep trim and prevent oversteering and flying directly. What was that sound? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was joking. This time I was actually joking. But you are you are putting me to sleep. And flying directly towards the sun would not be possible. Sorry, are you losing my mind? Chekhov's rude. He's ru he's Russian Ukrainian, you know. He's I got know. An internal conflict. Um, and he likes sailing in real life, so that's yeah. the funny part. I do okay, like hang on. But we have to break this should have been broken up into two episodes. <laughs> this is too much. This is one of our shorter episodes, Chekhov. No, no, no I mean just this Q and A. Uh, <laughs> um. So then he said, "I'd really want to. I'd I'd want to really think about mechanics of this, but I would want a ship like that to feel like an end game accomplishment. Just getting it to dock with a station in one smooth motion. I don't exactly have any full ideas on how to pull this off." But if they implemented a solar sailing ship, I would want it to feel like sailing on Earth and be its own challenge in the doing. Like something someone does when there are no more missions, no more loot, no more money to earn. You just want to sail the stars. <sighs> well, I, we lost our minds. <laughs> I like that one. It's, I agree. Uh, very extensive. Um, thank you. Are you losing my mind? We're just teasing. Um, he said that on 420, by the way. So, you know, maybe there was a oh. reason why it was so extensive. <laughs> um, uh, Talvo said this would not be a zero signature. It would be a huge EMP signature. Ah, oh, you're just a big. <laughs> okay, Talvo. I'm trying to think of a reason. Um, Tuki 2D oh. said, I'd like to use solar sails and become a solar whaler, be whalers on the moon carrying harpoons, like in Futurama. Well, it was a they had the <laughs> he had the Futurama gif essentially of yeah. the sailors. Captain Kieran said, I would love to see a solar sailor, however, my instant thought goes to the galleon style ship with sails. I would love for it to be a modern take on it. As suggest, uh, as others have stated, it'd be cool for it to be low signature, but a large ship. So scanners struggle, but you would see it with your eyes. Um, it would also be cool to have it on a smaller scale, a land vehicle, sailboards, single pilot boards. That would just be fun little runarounds, even spacing out space, even racing applications. <laughs> I think it would just be fun. And then last but not least, Mr. Bubble Popper himself. I hate the idea. Giant solar sail rating what again? If we aren't using wormholes or faster than light transport, I don't see the point. I'd rather have something to float on and go down a river. Matter of fact, if the modeling river currents on planet and float mechanic, I'd have more fun than a solar sail. Hail you guys and the Parlay House. Mm. Wait, who was that? 
Hamar. Oh, Hamar. <laughs> of course. The fact that he didn't curse. <laughs> That's right. I know it was hard to tell. Um, So that's all the submissions for your question last time. Do you have new questions, Seagard? I did. Now I'm afraid to ask. Oh. (laughs) It was going to, how would people feel about, so it was to everyone, and we're given 317, how would people feel about a sailing ship? No, I'm kidding. It's not. Even the cat says, no. Yeah. No, um, actually, actually, I believe in cat. He's saying wet food, wet food. Yeah. So now I just have a real simple one this time. Um, I, the real one is I just kind of. So the question is, uh, with three seventeen, basically, has three seventeen changed your go to money making profession? That's really what it is. Oh, nice. That's a right? great. One. I mean, because in the past it really was. It was about bounty hunting. It was almost exclusively about bounty hunting, but. I may, I think there may have been a rebalancing of the mining, bringing it back in line, and it may be competitive price-wise. And I just want to see how people are feeling about that. Mm-hmm. So, so that's it. Awesome. That's pretty good. Um, you know, as as we were going for Q and A, I'm standing here at a refinery, and one thing I just said it's more of a, I guess, belongs really to tips and tricks. We we don't really talk about uh, enough of. Uh, subjects around newbies and take a lot of things for granted like right now i don't know if you guys know you can rent ships here also you can rent the rock you can rent the prospector and you can rent the cardi black so really for someone that just starting out you know that has a starter ship and nothing else you know you can go ahead and head down to a refinery right after you made a little money maybe doing some box missions and then you could mm-hmm. literally do a complete, uh, you know, mining experience. You can you could get a rock here, rent the rock, rent the cotty to transport the rock, right? You can uh, mm-hmm. buy a suit here that you need for it, or you can buy the, uh, you know, any module that you need. So you could just keep on. Then once you're done with that, maybe earn some money to try rent out a prospector. So you can really, it's all of like a one-stop shop now for anything mining. And you don't need to buy a ship. You know, you don't need to invest a lot of money, but you can just kind of test it out and see if the whole mining profession is for you. It really became mm. like a truly a one-stop shop now. Yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. Um Excellent. Anything else before we move on to questions for us? Just a uh, you know quick observation. Um, so, you know, for those of you who are on the Parley House a lot, uh, there's quite a few people that that have used the Parley House, and there's with this with the slowdown going into three seventeen, where you know we had slowed down a little bit. We were still seeing you know probably five to ten people per night. Uh, what was uh, and we're starting to build back up again now. Three seventeens out. The big thing was I was kind of glad to see that um, we have two or three couple. You know, I would say couple people, right? Pairs of people that have come in. One person has brought a friend in, and they've used the operations channels that we have just to go in there and teach their friend how to play the game on a, using a Discord channel that they didn't mm-hmm. you know, provide. Um, a couple of them have drifted up once or twice and asked some questions. So, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking for that place to do that type of thing, you're more than welcome. 
Uh, it's fantastic. Um, and I was happy to see that. And I think we've had about at least three or four new players probably in the last two weeks that have shown up and kind of intermingled for a while and then gone, you know, gone away for a day or two and then come back. So uh, we're still out there and uh, it's still good. We've got many of the orgs that are still active out there. So don't forget, you can come and use the Discord anytime you want. Yeah, that's a, a great plug. Um, excellent. So now it's time for our Q&A. Um, Milkshake Actual, uh, he submitted a clarification on the last question he asked. So he said, PMC stands for Private Military Company. I hope with this clarification of the acronym, you guys can re-answer my question. By the way, I would like more talking in the outro, maybe maybe even screaming and yelling. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Milkshake Actual's initial question was, what are your guys' thoughts on people creating private military companies and transactions between private ent- individuals and said entities? How do you think things like this can be expanded? For example, clan tags, mercenary registration, custom symbols for armor, etc. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit more yeah. of, I, I think what throws me off is the first start, the first part of the question versus the second part. But um, why don't you go check off and uh, check off? Well, well check off. go ahead. You yeah, said, yeah, so you go. I mean, to me, just simply, I, I don't, how is it any much different than an org? Uh, well, yeah. it is an org, but it's specifically a private military org. Right, which we kind of have out there today. So, you know, <clears throat> that's, that's, yeah, and plus the other functionality just does not exist in the game. It's not up to us. I mean, CIG yeah. does not let any orgs to be able to create in game content or have custom anything. So, well, Right. What do you think about transactions be- between private individuals and those types of companies? Like, what do you think those could be? Oh, I think there's plenty. When you say private, that would be private. Uh, like or, a, a person, one character versus like yeah. paying a PMC for something. Right, right. right. PMC so cool. for protection. We talked about that before. Like, you know, if we are, uh, you know, basically a peaceful you know, research org, engineering org, whatever it is, and we yeah. don't want to keep a military arm. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense that, you know, org to org or for that matter, individual. I'm, I'm solo. Yeah. I don't want to join any org, but I, I would like to mine and need some protection. Yeah, I agree. We should be able to retain uh, yeah. a uh, something, an entity like that. That would be a great idea. Yeah. What yeah, about I you, think- Seagard? I think it's a it's a great idea, and I think of like I think of a military org as being someone that would fight not just one fight, but a small campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, pirates might be trying to get a specific type of ship. Um, bounty hunters might be hired to go find a specific person, but. What do you do when you're op- you want to go into an area and operate routinely, um, and you want to basically pin the opponent down in the area that may control it? Right? Yeah, and he, you know, so basically they're going to go dominate the skies and dominate the ground, right? And uh, I think that would be a you know that's definitely something. 
Um, I don't know how they're going to make enough money to keep, you know, replenishing their supplies, right? That's, you know, the size of the org is going to make a difference. Yeah. Um, a squad, not really capable of fighting a, a war. <clears throat> 40 or 50 people might be able to, but that's going to be some money. Yeah. I mean, I think of, I guess it depends on what level, right? Is it private security? Because um, then I could see you can, you know, missions won't always just be about, there'll be m- multiple requirements for specialties to, to play missions. For instance, what if there's a hacker mission where you anticipate combat? Um, then you might need to, if you're, a really good hacker you might need to engage in a pmc for defense but you might need just a small team maybe even two people um you know versus an all-out engagement between a corporation that might be like different one, one of the other areas you know you could might be able to work with is like when pyro open up opens up i want to go in and establish an area in a for kind mine. of a well, for mining or for even a position inside one of the stations that's mine versus all the AI. Yeah. Right. I don't, I don't want to be the first one to step foot in the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to do that. I'll pay you to do that. Well, even right? what if, what if, what if, I, I don't even think about Pyro as our next system, but what about the system after that and the system after that? What if it's a critical path for trade routes? Then you're going to want protection along that route. Right. Yeah. Also, I could see hiring um, an org to say, "I want you to go take out bunkers and take away everything that's you know that's in those, uh, and bring them to me." But I don't know why they would allow themselves to be hired out if, unless you're going to pay them more than they would make taking it themselves. Yeah. So that's where I think it starts to break down. Yeah. Uh, so it has to be just to, to kind of finish up on his thing. For me, a military org has military types of goals. Attack the enemy, deny the enemy of terrain, deny the enemy of supplies, um, keep the enemy pinned down. Uh, Paramilitary org or a business type org that's military would be more around espionage, spying, assassination, theft. Yeah. Right, right. There's a difference, so, in my mind. Yeah. Well, and and to to answer sort of the second question, you, you said how can these things be expanded? I.e., clan tags. Uh, clan tags are maybe not clan tags in the traditional MMO sense, but I think we will be able to customize our armor and pot- potentially, you know, fly our flag, quote unquote. But mercenary registry, it might not be a mercenary registry so much as like once again reputation. Um, there'll definitely be a mercenary guild. I think they even talked about the mercenary guild, but then also there's a job. Well, that you can put a job up on right now. It's just, you know, um, beacons, but I think the job well will be more of a long-term trying to hire crew, trying to hire, you know, a collaborator, et cetera. And we've already seen a perfect example of this is the org. I think they're pirate org actually that protects uh, Daymar Rally, mm-hmm. you know, so they retain yeah. him for the whole 24 hours. Yeah. 
I, I, sounds like I, uh sounds more like they're paying for security quote unquote yeah yeah they are, they are. i yeah, think they, one of them go ahead go ahead i'm sorry no no because they they had a lot of issues you know because yeah. it's a very very organized race so they had people joining the servers and griefing so they they actually retained them and and they did an excellent job and really maintaining sort of the the race it was all very very controlled and no, no griefing issues whatsoever. Um, I was going to say that, you know, one of the areas I think you could do it in right now is get a, you know, basically make yourself a battery of ballistas, you know, three, three to four ballistas and secure mm-hmm. an area for miners. Yeah. You just sit yeah, there exactly. and anything that comes in the area, just shoot it down. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it has a red, right, and then anything else, you could just interrogate and ask them what their intentions are and ask for instructions. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Um, next up is Silver Valk. Um, and he said, newbie questions of the week. And this was ages ago, so sorry, Silver Valk, <laughs> if you're waiting on us. <laughs> We, well, we're going to try to do better. It's pretty much my fault um, these days. Um, but uh, first question is, if you had to start at the bottom and pick one of the entry-level starter ships currently on sale, Aurora MR, Mustang Alpha, which would it be and why? I think we know your answer, Seaguard. Yeah, I, but I have I could justify both. But I mean, I actually think the Aurora, for sure. Um, Aurora, you get a bed and you get a cargo capacity of three uh, yep. and it's simple to operate it's immediately replaceable so is the the alpha for that matter though um it also has the ability to attach missiles mm-hmm. on a missile hard point the mustang does not have that so uh, i think the mustang can have up the four weapons but so can the mr so it can have four yeah. shooting weapons and two missiles versus four shooting weapons uh, two of which are, uh, yeah, and only two of those would be gimbaled on the on the Alpha versus four on the on the Aurora. Yeah, and then the Alpha only carries what two more, one more cargo. I think it's on. Oh, uh, there is no cargo. cargo really. It's only it's a store cargo. Yeah. No, they it, well, it can't carry any boxes, but it has actually capacity for cargo. Oh, right, it has, right. it's just not working, right? Yeah. Uh, it works. It's just not visible, right? Oh. If you look at the back of the Mustang Alpha and you lower the cargo bay, there's actually a store all cargo box in there. Oh, oh, that's right. right. I'm I thinking think of actually on the Aurora, the cargo box isn't working. Yeah, which yeah. makes it right. It's yeah, the Aurora you can't see boxes. it. In the Aurora, you can actually put boxes like um, items that you in the inside yeah. the cockpit with you for like yeah. delivery missions. You can't do that on the Alpha. Um, the only thing the Alpha is a little bit faster, and it can carry. I think it's only one more point of cargo. Four versus three. I don't think it's six. What about you, Chekhov? Well, it's. Uh, I'm assuming the the choice is Mustang or Aurora. We're starting at the yeah. bottom. It's a hundred percent. It's Aurora. I agree. You get to expect the box missions is really how you get to experience. The PU really, you know, explore, get around because the the actual missions take you all over the place. So you really yeah. learn how to fly, fly in atmosphere, quantum, use the so all the controls of the plane, 
and then yeah. you you know just explore different stations and planets and that's the yeah. way to start and then you take your path and the, the to me the most natural path would be probably a nomad because then you could buy a rocket game at that point throw it in the back of the nomad go do a rock mining you know yeah. then already start growing from there yeah the yeah. second the second level of ships definitely gets tougher you know got the which the is tana. the second part <laughs> oh is it okay, okay yeah so, uh but my answer i still would go with the aurora but one thing you guys didn't talk about that is an advantage of the mustang is the visibility it is very good it does have pretty good visibility but i yeah. still hate the ship i prefer the aurora i don't like either of them but i prefer the more aurora <laughs> um okay. now the second question is for an extra 25 dollars would you upgrade to the Anvil Pisces, the or Origin 100i, or the Avenger Titan? Or would you get Squadron 42? No. Squadron 42. No. Uh, I think not, none of the above. The Nomad. I, I think it's... Right? I, I think it's the same as the Titan. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. Titan was my uh, first ship after the Aurora. I love the Titan. Yeah. But from a practical standpoint, to what you're going to do in the game, you can go into combat with Nomad, you can hold cargo, you could do uh, rock mining, uh, and I believe it's the same 25 to get to it. Maybe maybe 10 bucks more than that. Yeah. Hmm. So um, for, for me, it's... Oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead, Geeky, you go. Oh, no, I, I was just saying, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Um, Did he really add in... At the Squadron Forty Two portion, as yeah. a question. Oh, definitely Squadron Forty Two. It's Squadron Forty Two is not just one game; it's three games, and consider it the equivalent of like a Halo, Halo One, Two, and Three. Right? It's just mm -hmm. built in the Star Citizen in, uh, environment that tells some of the backstory. Um, but for a long time, you can go double check the Q and A and all that uh, at the website. But Squadron Forty Two is three games included in you know in the price you're paying for buying the the right. Squadron Forty Two option um, that would cost maybe sixty or seventy bucks off the shelf. Yeah, but you don't think ultimately they're going to offer it to us still at discount later, just to no. get more people. Into I think the that's game. how they're going to. I think that's how they're going to make a lot of their money is by selling. No, they will. We're all we're all going to get it. Anyone that's bought in early get that option. Anyone no, no, I, I understand that. But I'm saying the ones that did, like I didn't buy it. But I'm, you know, in the PU and I, I'm playing the game. I think there's going to be a sale and maybe not 20, but maybe 40, uh, you know. but I think why, it'll be a last chance is what you're going to get. I think you're going to get a last chance. Yeah, well, a last chance. To say, I right. agree with that. So then why, like I said, if, if 25 bucks is all you have, why would I bury it into something that's not playable right now? Well, I think those ships are playable. And I do think, you know, if nothing else, let's say you wanted to come do um, bounties with other people, that's, you could do a bounty with a group of people, or you could, um, you could go do ground missions and just pick up all the armor and everything you need. All you're doing is flying the ship to get to another group of people who are like, you know, geeky, or like Hamar and Badger. Who are always looking for people to go with them, right? And you'll make you'll make enough money to buy a, you know, any of those starter ships for 
you know, in a month. You know, they're not expensive. But a Titan, what's a Titan cost them again? I mean, it costs two hundred eighty thousand or something. It's really inexpensive. Yeah, I guess I game. forgot about the bounties. You can right. make uh, if you stick to the uh, this ground okay. stuff, you can still make money on without a yeah. ship. That's you can true. also, you know, you can also pick up the loot from even running cargo. So instead of making, you know, well, loot three thousand cargo make, run. Yeah, loot is a tough gig to make money on, but bounties uh, could be very lucrative. Yeah, hmm. yeah, the loot you just have to drag onto your ship, right? It has storage on board, so you could drag some of that over onto your ship and sell it. But I would definitely go for the game. I mean, it's sixty bucks, even say fifty bucks a pop. That's hundred and fifty bucks. Right. Yeah, and we're always at Parlay House, and Geeky's always looking for a crew, and I'm always looking for someone to fly because I'm lazy and I just want to sit here and drink beer. So, <laughs> I too many ships, not enough people. <laughs> so feel free; I will give you all the profits off the ship. Just There's keep... many a ship, many a That's ship. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably go with Squadron, by the way, because um, you could buy most of these in game. If not, if you're gonna, if you want Die Hard for a ship, then the Titan's the best one because it gives you access to everything in game. Yeah. Um, you know, unless we're talking about the Nomad, and then I think that's also a good one. I think the Titan yeah. though is pretty damn good in combat and yeah. very maneuverable, fast. It has some storage. It's got a bed and food. So, you know, it's got everything you might need. Um, And then last question from him is, where would you set your starter location? Uh, Seagard, where'd you set it? You know, I've changed it every time um, because I'm hoping that it's not always going to, I'm not always going to want to go to Lorville. So right now I'm in Microtech, but I did Crusader. I've done Area 18. Lorville and Microtech in the past, and I found that all of them are okay. Uh, but when you're in, you know, at Crusader, you don't even go down to the planet, you just end up staying at Port Olisar. Mm. Um, and it just takes too long to go down. Um, so I would put that at my last choice right now, even though it's kind of one of the coolest choices. Um, yeah. And it's the only one that really opens you up to things like Daymar, Yella, um, Grimhex, the belt of asteroids around Grimhex. So yeah. that in itself is pretty good. Plus, you can get to the Iron Halo or the Aaron's Halo easily. Um, there's well-known, you know, maps to get out there, and you have some unique stations. Uh, or is it Arkel Five is out there? Is that one of them? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, so. Arkel Five and. Uh, Mikko 1, right? Or no? Yeah, Mikko 1. Mikko 1 is down there, and Mikko 3 is down there. So those are all good for markers and mining and things like that. So that's that's one strength. Microtech, I like a lot, but I find that the wind on the planets is extremely hard to deal with. Mm. I mean, I have ships getting blown up in the air. I have them getting blown away from me when they're powered off, and these are not little ships. These are big ships. So uh, until they get the wind under control or give us a way to anchor our ships, Microtech is it's one of the more beautiful places, uh, but I think it's my not it's the second least viable. Um, I think it's area 18 is probably my favorite of the two remaining. 
just because I think Area 18 is a much prettier area and system versus Lorville. Uh, but Lorville has it beat on access to mining, to stations, centralized location in the system. Uh, so Lorville would probably be my recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, I'm assuming it's the same player that's asking. Yeah, this is Silver Volk. Yeah, so, well, we all know it really doesn't matter where you set your initial point because you can always change it. But if uh, you're just starting out and you're not going to know how to change it, I would, it all depends where the, the, the most box missions are offered and the quickest way uh, that you can deliver them because you have to assume you're going to be grinding box missions quite a bit in the beginning. So it's uh, you have to just watch some YouTube videos to figure out what they are. Uh, I know that Bijini Point, you can get box missions. Uh, but also, if you can get which box is orbi- missions... Orbiting my, um, uh, which is orbiting Area, area 18. 18. Area 18. But also, where I started was Port Alasar because it was the best. Because, A, you could, you could get box missions there, and you can deliver them very quickly. Because the way the planets are situated, uh, like Lyria and, uh, you know, Yellow, you can quickly deliver them there. So it all depends, but it changes every patch where, they, where the missions are offered. So I would watch, but again, I wouldn't worry too much about it, because you can always transfer your imprint. Yeah. If you... Yeah. Um, one of the things I would say that's kind of um, so you know you're talking about this smaller ship, right? I you know I'm kind of an exception because I buy everything, but Nick and Nick and several others have lots of ships. Um, but I definitely use these small ships to shuttle myself around. So when I talked earlier about playing with storing deliberate boxes with ammo and food and medical supplies and clothes and things like that. I like to lose. I like to move locations by taking that box, putting it on my ship, my little Aurora, not my, you know, C two hauler, and I want to fly down to where my C two hauler usually sits, which is Area eighteen. I don't want to spend the fuel of flying my C two all the way down there and back and forth every day. I would rather get in my Aurora, you know, once a week and go down to the run some hauling. And then when I'm done, get in the Aurora and fly off to where my head, or my uh, mining equipment is and then do mining there. Um, so those ships are valuable. And, you know, if you have three planets, you know, you could easily get around with one or two very inexpensively. If you start getting into multiple locations like Pyro and them, you're probably going to want to start in a small ship versus a big ship because you don't know what you're going to run into, right? Um, you don't want to lose a big investment down there. So they have their uses. Uh, wouldn't buy 50 of them. Hey, that's kind of a crazy part. But I do think they have their value. Mm. Well, and the, the other thing to, to consider is fuel consumption and, and access to fuel. Like pyro is going to be a challenge for that. Whereas Stanton is relatively easy to get fuel right now. And also filing insurance claims. You know, the time yeah. it takes... The retrieve your plane. It's like yeah. it's like fourteen seconds or something ridiculous for an Aurora and an Alpha. It yeah. must have yeah. Alpha. It's like it's ridiculous. It's so fast. 
Believe Might it or not, throw it in a microwave. Pull out a wafer, throw it in the microwave, and here's your aurora. Oh, there's another thing worth mentioning. Well, first of all, Hall A takes 42 seconds to retreat, yes. and you could uh, spawn a Hall A planet side. Yeah, yeah. Hall A small. is an amazing ship. That is, I really am impressed with that little ship. I would not go so far. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but that's because you had a max. I know, yeah. and I miss it. Yeah. Well, for hauling, the hull A is, is a hauler. Um, yeah. So it's specialist, you know? It's yeah. supposed to be quick to load once we have physicalized cargo. You one, know? one last piece of advice. If you're going to buy into a ship, seriously, go down and meet us at the Parley House. Um, you know, the link's always in there. Um, we play all the time. We're always on there, and it's very loose. No one's going to bite your head off. But we hopefully you don't bite our head off. But I am always out there looking for someone to get on a ship that wants to do something, and I'll just fly. I don't care. I'll, I'll mind. Do whatever you want. Uh, yeah. There's lots of people who do that, and we usually just say, "Hey, like for me, it's going to be go ahead and take it all." You know, I've got yeah. a lot of ships, right? So, you know, or even if you want to tour time. a ship or see yeah. a ship or try flying it, yeah, go um, down there. We've got loads of them. You know. We're stupid. We bought, spent way too much money, or I am anyway. And uh, I love I to brag and show off all the things. That's two I out of three. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> Chekhov was very smart. Yeah. He, and he oh, even sprung a little bit. Yeah. And you started bit. this. You started doing that with me when we first met. You were yeah, trying out yeah. all the different ships. Yeah. And you your, your first prospector you made using the, the mole, right? Uh, We're hauling, doing the mole with net mage and a bunch of other yeah, guys. Yeah, so doing cargo hauling with with uh, caterpillars. <laughs> but now I'm actually trying to break my discipline. I'm really looking at that corsair. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. funny. I mean, it will be a fun ship. I almost feel like I would trade him my uh, uh, cutty for it because it seems like it's yeah, it is. It's like what, a good cutty runabout. Yeah. Definitely. What would it take? What type of ship, in all seriousness for you, Kiki, what mm-hmm. type of ship would it take for you to trade in your care? Nothing. Uh. <laughs> it is the ship that I fell in love with the game for. Over. Uh, right. okay. It is really hard. Like, there's a, there's a tight bond there. And gotcha. quite frankly, the more I picture this um, Odyssey, the more I'm like, I might even just, I might even just melt my upgrade, and keep the Orion instead. <laughs> right, right. Because I don't see. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see the difference, but I don't see the benefit of the laser as much because you really can't use it for anything other than refueling your ship. Which, I mean. The fuel stores on the Carrick is quite massive, and you can probably carry extra fuel in the amount of cargo capacity that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love the design of the Carrick. Right. I mean, we'll see. I'll keep it and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's I haven't applied the upgrade anyway, so. Yeah. Um, I think uh, my starting location currently is Microtech. I think just go with what you think is fun. A couple things to note. Microtech has a lot of stuff in the shops. Um, Area 18 has decent shops. Lauraville, you can't buy weapons. 
and the most the best components are found in Orison. Orison. Uh, I always say Orison for some reason. Orison. Um, from a view perspective, from you know, we always like to stop and literally take in the scene or the the view. From a view perspective, which one would you choose? Oh, Orison, hands down. It is pretty. And then Microtech. And then Area 18. And Lorville, I hate. Yeah. I, at Lorville, I, yeah, I'm not the, Area 18, I kind of like. And I, I tell you, I really like uh, the dark, like, um, I really do like the moons and stuff near uh, Microtech. I yeah. like that. Dark the moons are really nice there. And the, yeah. the ice and the blue um, crystals and yeah, the wind just ruins it for me. Oh my God, it's so windy. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, are you losing my mind? Actually replied to Silver Vox questions. He said, I cool. got the Mustang Alpha. Um, it's worth more on the upgrade circuit. The Mustang is way more fun to fly, especially in Atmo. Yeah. It's more available uh, in space and looks better in my honest opinion. Plus, he's right in all of those things. Yeah, but you realize he gets an arrow, which is a lot more to fly than anything. Who? Well, you get an. Everybody gets an arrow, right? No. No. We all got an arrow. You don't have an arrow. Everybody no, got an arrow. So. I own an arrow. No, you too. Check in. What, what do we get it for? I don't know, but we, we all have an arrow. I don't know. It's just there. Well, either way, uh, plus Silas Corner, or however you spell it, is a super cool person in lore, if you're into that kind of thing. He said, I'd get Squadron 42. Don't upgrade for gameplay reasons. Only upgrade if you want to throw money at the devs. And then he goes, always Area 18. It just has the most stuff all in one place. Orison and Microtech both tank my frame rate, and Lorville doesn't sell FPS weapons. Uh, so good pointers. Are you losing my mind? Uh, Milkshake Actual said, what do you guys think of the store inventory changes and with the majority of items being made so that you have to find them in FPS missions? I get trying to create a need to do these gameplay loops, but gutting the stores of cool items and armor does not seem par for the course. I want to look cool while I'm gaining crime stats with misidentification of friendlies. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Seaguard? I I didn't really notice that because I still shop in the stores. I mean, I don't do a lot of looting. I mean, I very little, in fact. I mostly mm-hmm. do cargo or scenery hopping or moving ships or whatever I'm doing that day. But yeah, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not so much into making credits. Is that yeah. the real thing? Yeah. It happens on occasion, but it's not your end goal right now. Cause you, yeah, it's really experiencing you, things. Yeah. And if you wanted to, you can make them pretty quickly, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, just ask. What about you? you just give them to me. I, yeah, I'm exactly. all about, <laughs> I haven't bought armor or FPS weapons in you know, this whole patch since soon as looting started. I find so much stuff everywhere that, you know, plenty, plenty of guns. You do one bounty, but you do one bunker mission, you you can have all the guns that you want. You have all the armor that you need, you know, off off the guards and off the boxes. So Mm. there's really no need to buy anything anymore. 
when it comes to armor or weapons, especially weapons. Well, now you could sell them back. <laughs> um, and yeah, you could sell them back now too. Yeah. Um, I I haven't noticed, to be quite honest. I have too much stuff in my inventory from previous purchases to know or care right now. So, uh, sorry, Milkshake is a little ignorant of me, but I haven't I, looked. Uh, I still buy a lot of clothing. I still, you know, in fact, this time. He's a fashionista. Same with the uh, realism thing. I actually am trying to get out of my, my spacesuit anytime I'm on the planet and uh, walk around with, you know, in a, on a station or something, right? I walk around mm-hmm. in regular clothes, and then I've been kind of leaving those um, in a box that I just take off and put on as I need them. So. Yeah, I would prepare a little bit by moving some stuff over to Orison, like, yep. you know, armor. And such. <laughs> I got Lorville the, Area 18 and Microtech set right now with a ship oh, that's kind of set you, up. Yeah, that's what I do with a lot you of You are so time. on point. I am like bad. I'm like home base. Everything's there. Yeah. Same here. Uh, then again, I'm still looking for the river. So yeah. I've, <laughs> even, I've even built out a few boxes that are with my Starfarer <clears> to drop off for other people in combat if they need them, like water, food, ammo, junk oh, like that. Nice. Yeah, look at you. You're real prepared. I mean, it's, that's like I guess it's a game loop in itself because that takes a lot of time, and that's why I don't do it. It does. Then, it does. then you end up looking at your knickknacks. You literally spend an hour figuring out what's where yeah. and what I need to go get now. So um, yeah. I also place my ships. Like you won't see my Aquila near my Carrick. They'll be in different systems or different planets areas. Because they're both real, they're both, you know, science and research. Exploration. Right. Yeah. Really bad with that. I just, I log in, claim everything, and then I end up somewhere else, claim everything again. Oh, wow. I I don't like to do that unless I lose my ship. Hashtag realism. Yeah. Um, Tuki2D asks, will we be able to ventilate the bathroom after a stinky deuce? Thankfully, the Redeemer has an emergency light above the toilet. Works great until the update. Um, Man, I don't know, Tuki. I don't know if smell mechanics will be in the game. <laughs> I, well, we get on the, on the regular off the podcast. I'll have to respond with something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, are you losing my mind, says, better question, will we be able to jettison out the back of the ship so it hits the windshield of whoever's chasing us? Also, not sure there. Uh, He's going along the idea I was thinking of. That would be more, that yeah. would be more likely. That's right. Yeah, and probably not likely, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Silver Valk said, hi, way too geeky. I've been listening to the episodes of the podcast from October and November of last year. Have you made any headway on upgrading your wobbly desk, PC, and peripherals? Uh, Quick answer to that is no. None of the above. (laughs) No new peripherals. Desk is still wobbly. uh, Still rocking a Alienware circa 2016 laptop and using Shadow. So, someday. Mm. Um... And that wraps up our questions. Uh, 
if you do have any questions, comments, things you've done for science, and pretty much anything you want to talk about on the podcast with us, there are a plethora of ways to do so. Uh, you can email us at readcastsc at gmail.com. Uh, you oh. could DM our Twitter handle at CitizenCastSC. You could submit a message through Anchor or on our CitizenCast Discord. Um, you could text us at 646-783-8154 or uh, leave a voicemail on that Google Voice number. Um, as we frequently plug, if you are looking for a crew, looking for an org, or just looking for cool people to play with between solo sessions, check out the community over at Parlay House. It is a neutral zone where players of all types can hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best space. Ugh, I can't talk today. The best damn space sim the verse has to offer. A link to the Discord can be found in our show notes. Uh, we do also have several friends of the show who are content creators. Uh, so don't forget to look up the um, video stylings of Earth, Snorkel, and then recent edition um is going to be sorry i keep forgetting who it is even though we've talked about it numerous times on the show mm. uh, oh. is going to be what was what was um, it again i was drifting oh uh, newest uh like undead parrot so undead parrot has been showing us uh examples of his sim pits so he's also oh, on yeah. youtube now yeah. too i will Good. actually include the link to this uh his his channel in our notes this week as well. And then we also have the musical uh, collaboration and creation of Admiral Cody's and Calibri's uh, much of which you hear in this episode. In addition to more music inspired by star citizen, uh, you could check out their uh, great content uh, on their, their pages as well. And that dear friends wraps up another episode of citizen cast. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah. Wow, we hit two hours. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always I feel, feel like, like I'm going. I just went to my psychiatrist when I uh, come out of these. Uh, <laughs> well, good thing we don't charge by the hour, everyone. I know. Yeah. I just enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, it's it a good. little bit of therapy. Yeah, it's all the world. I talked to Vimex the other day. He, the other day, he's doing good. He sounds really good. Uh, it was good to see him or hear from him. Just saw him twice the other day. Oh, nice. Yeah. What was uh, what was this deal? Uh, he's been busy, uh, but oh. he's been working. He's been busy working on art stuff um, uh, but he's been working uh, who's the guest we had um, Grim Grim so he's been working with Grim on a side project so yeah I can't wait till that launches like a really good fleet viewer yeah that's right uh, fleet viewer Snorkel was on yesterday he's fully upgraded 49 inch monitor two joysticks he's ready to go awesome oh wow